It's Monday, October 30th, 1697, on the open Arabian Sea. Captain William Kidd is on the deck of his ship, Adventure Galley, an impressive frigate measuring just over 130 feet. On board are 160 men, primed to attack as soon as the order is given. William Kidd is not yet a pirate. At this point, he still thought of himself as a privateer, commissioned by the King of England to plunder and sink any enemy ships that stood in his way in the Indian Ocean. But in the fall of 1697, he was going through a rough patch. The English lords who had financed his voyage to the East Indies were still awaiting his return to the Thames, expecting a hold bursting with spices, delicate fabrics, and precious metals. But Kidd hadn't captured anything of significance, just enough to stock up on supplies. The crew were also starting to get fed up, living off of loot stolen from other ships. They had just one thing on their minds, attacking a large merchant vessel and hitting the jackpot. So on October 30th, when a ship appeared on the horizon, they were all ready to attack. But William Kidd categorically refused. The vessel was Dutch, thus allies of the Kingdom of England, whose king, William III, was Dutch-born. What's more, she belonged to the powerful East India Company. Attacking this vessel was certain to make Kidd unpopular with the king and earn him a noose around his neck. But the sailors didn't care what flag the ship was flying. She had to be attacked. One of the adventure galley gunners, William Moore, spoke up against Captain Kidd. His tone was threatening. During the confrontation, Moore frantically gestured with the blade he had just sharpened. He had challenged the captain threatening to stage a mutiny and leave Kidd on a deserted island. While the captain may have been cautious, he was also violent and cruel. Kidd grabbed a wooden barrel bound by metal hoops. He raised it to the sky and struck the gunner's head with a violent blow. William Moore collapsed in a pool of blood, unconscious. He died of his injuries the following morning. By killing one of his sailors, William Kidd had asserted his authority over a crew ready to mutiny. But he had also crossed a line that he couldn't come back from. Not wanting to become a pirate, he had instead become a murderer. If caught, he would be publicly hanged in London. His life would never be the same. To celebrate the release of the new Skull and Bones video game, discover the stories of some of the most infamous pirates of the Indian Ocean. The cruel, bloodthirsty privateers, buccaneers, and sailors turned criminals terrorized and pillaged the seas. Pirates were not born. They were made. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and you're listening to Gangsters of the Seas. Like many sailors who scoured the seas searching for treasure in the 17th century, we don't know much about William Kidd when he was younger. He was born between 1645 and 1654, 
in Scotland, probably in Dundee, a large port town in the north of the UK. We know nothing about his mother, and all we know about his father is that he was a sailor. As soon as William Kidd became an adult, he crossed the Atlantic Ocean to New York, a New World colony the English had taken from the Dutch. The first mention of him dates from 1689. He was about 35 years old and commanding his own ship in the Caribbean, working as a buccaneer. Buccaneers weren't really pirates, and they weren't exactly privateers commissioned by the Admiralty. They were opportunists who sailed from island to island, willing to do anything to get their hands on riches and capture ships, ideally without angering any major maritime powers. Kidd was the captain of Blessed William, a small ship that was part of a fleet headed by Thomas Hewitson, a cruel buccaneer based in Jamaica who waged naval warfare for the Kingdom of England. Together, they seized a lot of loot. Their best haul was from Marie Galante, a French island near Guadalupe. Island's few guards were no match for the horde of angry buccaneers. In just a few days, the town was pillaged and destroyed. Sometime later, Hewitson and Kidd did the same to the French colonies of St. Barthélemy and St. Martin. William Kidd wasn't 40 years old, and already he had 2,000 pounds in his pocket. This was a lot of money for the time, equivalent to around $420,000. But this loot attracted unwanted attention, and the buccaneer ended up going up against someone stronger. Shortly after his raids in the Caribbean, William Kidd crossed paths with Captain Culliford, a feared pirate of the warm Atlantic seas. The pirate stole his loot, ship, and most of the crew. Captain Kidd was stripped of his post and left on dry land. He lost nearly everything. But he was determined to get back to the sea and managed to find a boat, a small merchant vessel called a sloop. Agile and requiring few crew members, these ships were popular with pirates. With this new boat, called Antigua, Kidd headed to New York. He settled in the English colony and gave up life at sea for a while, going into business and meeting people, including one woman in particular, Sarah Cox. She was just 20 years old, but had already been widowed once and remarried to a wealthy Dutch trader. However, this didn't stop her from falling for the Scottish sailor. Too bad for her husband, who soon died under suspicious circumstances, allowing Sarah Cox and William Kidd to marry just two days later. Thanks to his twice-widowed wife, who had inherited both her husband's wealth, Kidd became rich. His business prospered. For nearly five years, he lived the good life in the New World. Due to his experience as a sailor and close relationship with the governor of New York, he did a few favors and sometimes chased off pirates who sailed too close to shore. But after five years, life on land started getting old, and he was itching for life at sea and the beaches of the Caribbean. So, when an English acquaintance suggested that he head to London to mount an expedition in the Indian Ocean, William Kidd didn't think twice. The Indian Ocean was the new center of global piracy. 
Having pillaged the Caribbean, the sea's greatest pirates crossed the Gulf of Guinea and rounded the Cape of Good Hope before entering the warm seas of the Mozambique Channel. Immense riches circulated in this area. There were fine fabrics, coffee, spices, precious metals, and slaves. Not to mention curiosities from China. The cargo leaving Asia for Europe and the New World was coveted by the greatest plunderers of the seas. Europeans were not the only masters of the sea in this region. The East India companies contracted by European countries coexisted with merchant ships belonging to local powers. In India, the Mughal and the Maratha empires sold their goods for high sums, and their ships also crossed the seas to the south and the west of the subcontinent, providing new lucrative targets for pirates. In London, William Kidd was introduced to important English lords who were members of the Whigs, the dominant political party. Close to the king, these members of parliament were eager to finance an expedition to the Indian Ocean. They gave Captain Kidd 7,500 pounds, equivalent to more than one and a half million dollars today, with which he acquired a brand new frigate the Adventure Galley. She was a beautiful three-master, weighing it at almost 325 tons and measuring at almost 125 feet with a row of galleys. It was hard work rowing at those oar stations, but it helped the ship steering. With a crew of 160 men and 34 light cannons, the vessel was full of potential. Captain Kidd's letter of mark, a pass of admiralty, and a permit to pillage. Stated two missions, rob French ships, enemies of the English, and sink pirates who had been robbing merchant ships traveling from Asia to Europe for years. This commission lasted until March 1697. Captain Kidd and the Adventure Galley set sail on February 27, 1696, along the River Thames. It was a slow journey that would lead the captain to a life of lawlessness and piracy. The start of the Adventure Galley's journey was far from smooth. As soon as the ship left the Thames, William Kidd had to give up part of his crew, which he had chosen with care, to a Royal Navy captain. Then, when he made a stopover in New York, the replacement crew members he recruited were anything but submissive. They negotiated higher salaries and a higher percentage of the future spoils, but the captain needed them, so he had to accept. To make matters worse, during the long crossing to Africa in the Cape of Good Hope, part of the sails ripped, considerably slowing the ship down. When she arrived in southern Africa, even more of the crew was requisitioned, this time by a man of war. When her mission for the kingdom officially ended, the adventure galley was moored off the coast of Comoros, in the north of the Mozambique Channel. Kidd had only been granted until March 1697 for his mission and had failed to capture a single ship. He had two choices, head to a port controlled by the English and try to get his letter of mark extended or continue his journey and attack other ships without one. He chose the second option, 
Kidd knew that his powerful backers would never forgive him if he returned empty-handed. And he had also invested a lot of his own money in his expedition. So in the hope of breaking even, Kidd became a pirate. But he needed a larger crew, having lost 50 men to fever. He hired French buccaneers looking for a new ship and new plunder. In the fall of 1697, Captain Kidd was off the Indian coast. He then began a long journey across the seas in search of prey. But even after several months of sailing on the Indian Ocean, Adventure Galley still hadn't found anything to sink her teeth into. This brings us back into the opening scene, that fateful day in October when Captain Kidd killed his gunner, William Moore. A Dutch ship appeared on the horizon, the crew ready to make their attack and take their plunder. But Kidd made it clear, this was not a ship they would touch. And the only reason he refused to attack the Dutch ship was because he still hoped to be able to save his skin when he returned home. Luckily, soon the adventure galley caught her first break. Kidd and his crew were off the coast of the city of Korakode in India when they spotted the Ruparel, a Moorish ship stuffed with precious fabrics. The merchants didn't stand a chance against the pirates. The boat was captured, her cargo pillaged, and the Ruparel joined the Scottish captain's fleet. But fortune didn't properly smile on William Kidd until January 30th, 1698. He was off the Malabar coast in western India, ideally located to attack ships with holds bursting with goods. One of the men in the crow's nest of the adventure galley spotted a sail on the horizon. It was the Kadah merchant, a ship belonging to the Mughal Empire. She had an English captain, commissioned by the French East India Company. Captain Kidd's two ships set course for her. They hoisted their sails, and the men in the galley started to row. The pirates reached the Kadah merchant in just four hours. Kidd boxed his prey in, positioning his ships in the front and the back to avoid being hit by her cannons. He then hoisted the French flag, matching the colors flown by the captain of the Kadah merchant. Captain Kidd's trick worked. The boxed-in ship's captain came to parlay aboard the adventure galley. But as soon as he set foot on deck, the French flag was replaced by an English one. It was an act of piracy. The captain immediately realized he had been played, saying to William Kidd, You've just gained quite a haul. And he wasn't lying. Aboard the Kadah merchant was incredibly valuable cargo. 1,200 finely woven cotton garments, 1,400 sacks of brown sugar, 80 chests of opium, potassium nitrate, and large amounts of precious metals. All in all, the loot was worth 200,000 rupees, an astonishing treasure equivalent to over $27 million. Each sailor pocketed 170,000 pounds, or almost $200,000, a crazy sum for men usually paid one pound a month. Kid hoped the spoils would save him on his return. Even if his mission had expired, he had taken a ship protected by the French, 
But the news hadn't yet reached the Indian Ocean. The war between England and France was over. This didn't bode well for Kidd, who had just committed an act of piracy. The Kadam merchant and her crew joined the small fleet led by the adventure galley. Three boats, hold stuffed to the brim with loot, headed to St. Maria Island off the coast of Madagascar. There, Kidd proceeded to divvy up the treasure among his crew. Again, this was a breach of privateering rules, as privateers normally waited until their return to claim their loot. But St. Marie was a dangerous place for someone with full pockets. As a pirate hideout, it wasn't a place you'd want to hang around. When he dropped anchor by the small island, William Kidd ran into an old acquaintance, Captain Culliford, the same Culliford who had robbed him in the Caribbean several years earlier. This time, Kidd managed to keep a part of his treasure. After intense negotiations, he was allowed to leave with a skeleton crew and holds that weren't entirely empty. He decided to abandon the adventure galley and the Ruperel. The two ships were scuttled off the coast of the pirate hideout. Kidd kept the Kadam merchant, which he renamed the Adventure Prize. The captain set sail to return to New York on November 15, 1698. But in the meantime, the tale of his activities had reached the ears of British politicians. The Whigs had lost control of the House of Lords, and his supporters were no longer any use to him. The Tories, the party that now had the majority in the House of Lords, declared William Kidd a pirate and put a price on his head. As if he knew what was coming... The captain of the Adventure Prize decided to stop in the Caribbean, where he hid part of his treasure and abandoned his impressive ship. He managed to pick up a small sloop, similar to the one that took him to New York after plundering the Marie Galante. While heading north, William Kidd made one last stop in Long Island, where he hid the rest of his treasure. He thought he might be able to use it to pay for his freedom if he was arrested when he arrived in New York. And indeed, when William Kidd set foot in the English colony, they were waiting for him. The governor, who was one of his backers, had ordered his arrest. Following orders from London, the pirate was locked up in prison, awaiting to be sent back to England. A few months later, William Kidd faced British judges. No matter how hard he tried to defend himself, explaining that he hadn't attacked any ships allied with the Crown of England and had brought back a vast hoard of treasure, the location of which he promised to reveal, he didn't make any difference. The pirate, who wasn't allowed to have a lawyer present, realized that without political support, he was finished. On January 23, 1701, Kidd was sentenced to death by hanging. He was led to the public square. The hangman put the noose around his neck before activating the trap door beneath his feet. But the rope broke under his weight. Normally, custom dictated that the prisoner be pardoned if the rope breaks. It was seen as divine intervention. But William Kidd wasn't so lucky. He was hanged a second time just a few minutes later. A tragic end to a privateer turned reluctant pirate. 
I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and this has been an Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.